0: All right, bradcooney.com is here with the Honorable Congressman Greg Harper. Thank you for joining us, sir.
1: Oh, hey, glad to be with you. This is uh, this is great. Hope everything's going well for you, and
0: uh, glad to be with you, Brad. Everything's great, man. I appreciate you joining All right, a couple questions from your constituents. Yes. Um, and a couple national topics I wanted to touch okay. on. Now, we're only doing easy questions today, right? Yeah, of course, right? yeah. Okay, all right. Of course, you always get easy questions, right? Nothing but easy questions. <laughs> That's right. Uh, I guess to start off, just... just um, Update the the listeners out there. What uh, basically what you've been doing lately um, for Mississippi? We'll start off with that. Sure.
1: You know it's uh, you know we've got a great state, and uh, you do things to promote uh, your your district, uh, promote your state. One thing. Uh, just finished up a meeting with some representatives from Taiwan. Just saw so him walking out. And uh, I had the opportunity. Uh, I've been to Taiwan twice, but when uh, President Ma of Taiwan was in New York City in August. He invited my wife and me to come up and have a, a private breakfast with him on one of the on the morning that he was there, which was really special. Well, you know, you promote Mississippi. We're talking about things like um, can we get the s 16s uh, upgraded uh, on their radar systems, and that radar system would be coming out of our district, Raytheon and, and Forest, and those mm-hmm. are things that we're working through. We thought we had that, and the Air Force now has changed their plans. And so you keep working on those mm-hmm. issues to promote Mississippi and your, com- uh, your companies that are here, which the companies represent employees who are folks in Mississippi trying to support their family. Uh, but we, uh, we also, in my district, we represent Mississippi State University. And so we now, in that, from that meeting in August with President Ma, Dr. Mark Keenum, the president of Mississippi State, has now reached out with President Ma, and there will be an exchange between Mississippi State University and two universities in Taiwan. So that's a really kind of a, a kind of a cool so thing it's to the do. Student
0: exchange. Uh, yes.
1: So they will work with those two, partner with those two universities in Taiwan to work on students going back and forth that's uh, great. between the campuses, which I think would be a really positive thing uh, for uh, for our two countries and particularly for. Our, Mississippi State students that will get to to do that. Also, uh, as you know, uh, pediatric research is extremely important uh, to us. You know, I have a son, Mm -hmm. uh, Livingston, who's 24, that has Fragile X Syndrome. Mm -hmm. And this is something that, uh, while I know you've asked about Mississippi, this is still something that's important in that uh, we just had passed the Senate, a bill that I uh, authored that passed the House last year. Uh, that will now go to the president's desk uh, very soon uh, that will do away with taxpayer funding of political conventions every four years, Mm -hmm. about $126 million over a 10-year period, and prohibit that and instead send that money to NIH, National Institutes of Health, for additional pediatric research based upon collaboration. So you name any... Uh, group, advocacy group, whether it's juvenile diabetes, uh, Autism Speaks, Spinal Muscular Atrophy, National Fragile X Foundation, uh, mm. Down Syndrome, all of these groups have been very supportive of this legislation. And while maybe in Washington terms, $126 million doesn't seem like a lot, well, to so this uh, fellow from Mississippi, that's a lot of money, mm. and you can do a lot on the research end to move towards cures, whether it's for childhood cancer or some other genetic disorder. Uh, those are things that uh, right. maybe we can give some families some hope in the process. You know,
0: tell, tell that to some people at the Hospice Regional Center some of our MHMR programs where the Early Intervention Program has been shut down yeah. because of funding problems. I mean, they they would love to get a piece of that.
1: Well, you know, mm-hmm. uh, we we spent many hours, many days, uh, over s- several years, uh, taking our son to the mm-hmm. Early Intervention Program at Hudspeth yep. uh, for speech therapy and occupational therapy, and, and those things are very important because... Yep. Uh, if we can't have that, we're it's some some families have nowhere to go, yep. and so uh, I think we can we can, you know, help some folks in the process and and try to spend our money wisely.
0: That's some good stuff. All right, let's touch on the um, Obamacare uh, ACA. Um, I don't have to call it <laughs> affordable, do I? It's certainly not affordable no. to most people that look no. at their premiums now when they get in there. If they can even get in there, there's still a lot of glitches with the. As much as some of the the left are saying that it's working, there's just the other day it wasn't working again. Um, just just if you can, there's a lot of people in Mississippi that are actually worried that they're I meaning this, and a lot of them, a lot of people lost their insurance, um, and now they're signing up, but then they're seeing that their premiums are sometimes two, three, four times higher than now, they used to be.
1: And now wait a minute, the president said if you liked your health insurance, you, can you keep, can it. keep it. Right? What happened to that? I think that's what I heard. If you like it, you can keep it, I period. Think, I think
0: millions of Americans yeah. have heard the same thing. Yeah,
1: more millions than have signed up. Yeah. Right.
0: And then, you know, the current, I think the number's 5 million that they're talking about that they signed up, but that's a far stretch from what they, what they said they wanted to get, yeah. get to. And what about the 6 million that's lost there? Mm-hmm. Um, so can you give me your thoughts on, um, basically, how can we fix this thing? I mean, Americans are worried. Yeah. I mean, it, it's... Yeah. Uh, the president's approval numbers down to 41%, I think, um, and it's much higher disapproval, the ACA, is, yeah. the, the percentage of that is 60%, I think.
1: Yeah, I think it was pretty interesting when you look at uh, the, the knowledge level sometimes of um, uh, the voting public. Um, when we, I saw the Jimmy Kimmel spot back last year. You may have seen it where he, it before we went to the Tonight Show, he did a man-on-the-street interview, and they went around and probably asked 10, 12 people, <coughs> which do you prefer, Obamacare or the Affordable Care Act? Yes. Not a single person knew they were the same thing. That's right. So first of all, we have a responsibility to inform ourselves of what's going on. But there's nothing affordable about this. Uh, as a member of Congress, I lost my health insurance because under the law, I could no longer be like right. every other federal employee. So you now create multiple classes, or at least two classes of federal employees. So I got kicked into the D.C. Exchange. Well, uh, that meant my deductible tripled, and my out-of-pocket uh, for my family, uh, and that's uh, is probably about another $400 a month out-of-pocket. Well, wow. that's real money out of you know uh, our disposable income, and Absolutely. so i on so paying more. For worse coverage, so that's uh, that in and of itself is uh, gives you a, a, a lot of uh, heartburn in the process. But this is something that is just not going to uh, to do the things that it's supposed to. Do. It hadn't done it. It's not gonna do it. And uh, so, uh, what you know, what do you do to fix it? Do you uh, make adjustments on it? You do what you can. Look, if there was any way I could have kept myself out of the exchange, I'd have done it. If I can keep one person out of the exchange, I'll do it because it's not working and it is. Uh, and, and look, the software issues are the least of the problems. Yeah, and, and, absolutely. And it's going that part will get fixed at some point. But you talked about the number of people that signed up. Well, here's the here's a question I've got for you. How many paid? Because I don't. Yeah. How many paid? Yeah, is certainly. And and of course, I had the question and hearing early in the year. The head of CMS, I said. So are you telling me? That you don't know how many people have actually paid I said that's right now that's scary in, it's in horrifying uh, interesting that um, when I signed up for the DC exchange I get a letter from the DC exchange saying they wouldn't approve my application because I wasn't a DC resident even though that's the only place I can go and then you know what I got in the mail the next day my insurance card saying I was covered by the DC exchange oh, wow. now so here's your question I lost my coverage, and then I signed up for the exchange. So, are they counting
0: me as one of the people that signed up? Ah, probably. the numbers are skewed that way. Probably, for sure, yeah.
1: So, uh, you know, as as you as you know, you know, fifty six percent of all statistics are made up on the spot. Sixty
0: two.
1: Yeah, sixty two percent, i meant to say. So, <laughs> so you know, you see that that's you know, you can do anything with numbers. So, when when you say if they say 5 million people have signed up well, we're still not reducing the number of uninsured, which was the reason that we oh, did it. Yeah. so of that 5 million that signed up how many of them are they counting that lost their coverage and then went to sign up how many are they cover- calling in there under that are signing up basically under Medicaid that are in states that didn't do a Medicaid expansion therefore right they would have gotten it anyway without the uh, mm-hmm. Obamacare. And then how many of those are coming out of states that did do a Medicaid expansion but would have been eligible under the old standard? So that that $5 million number, how many are really
0: new people that are they How many are younger, too? They can't tell you the numbers. They don't know the numbers. And they need young yeah. people to sign up, which I heard yeah. they're not getting that either. Yeah. Well, of course,
1: you know, uh, I can remember way, way, way back when <laughs> I was young, and, uh, and, you know, you have that spirit of invincibility that you, you have when you're in your 20s, probably, that uh, that they don't think they need it. Plus... You can stay if, on your
0: parents' plan until you're 26. Plus why, why, if, why would they want to? Yeah,
1: and, and plus, if you can't, you know, if you're covered for pre-existing, then just wait and pay the fine. Well, now you're not really probably going to have to pay the fine. Uh, so... Th- and we're going to have the IRS determine who has coverage. Of the IRS oh. who we trust. Yeah, it's just one after the lowest learner. De- who won't even answer and the question a- plead the fifth again. the fifth again. You know, uh, yeah, multiple times, and and so it just tells you that we uh, we got the problem we have at the heart of this because we have an, an administration that folks just don't trust, and that and that's why it's difficult to get this through, but. We've had since um, the 112th Congress three years ago plus, we've had 50 bills that have passed the House that dealt with some aspect of Obamacare, either amending it, uh, repealing a provision, or outright repeal. Harry Reid just just, just doesn't do nothing like that. Seven of those have actually been signed into law by the President. Uh, eliminating the Class Act, which was even the president knew wasn't going to work, doing away with the 1099 uh, mm-hmm. reporting requirement, some other things that uh, you know have been done. So uh, we're going to keep fighting. We'll see what happens politically with the Senate uh, this
0: That this was year my next election. question. Let's yeah. talk about the midterms. How do you feel? Do the Republicans, do you think, will take back the uh, Senate?
1: Republicans will maintain the House. I would say would pick up a handful of seats Mm -hmm. and so maybe improve the majority just a little bit. Uh, On the Senate side, it is there for the taking if if the Republicans will nominate people who can win a general. And I would rather govern in the majority than be pure in the minority. That's a good point. And so, you know, you have to nominate people that will get independent voters. And if you get so far out there that the independent voters get turned off and go to the Democrats and we could lose. That's what happened in Missouri. That's what happened in Indiana back in 2012. That could happen in some other areas or other states if we're not cautious on how that uh, that happens. Now we've had some good candidates that have stepped up on the Republican side that give us a great uh, opportunity one that just entered within the last two weeks is Cory Gardner, uh, who's a House member that's only in his second term, but he's running in Colorado against uh, Udall, the incumbent Democrat. And in polling, the first polling that's done, he's only like a point or two behind.
0: Yeah, we just without have having him run, recalls so, out there too with the with the, the Second Amendment issue. Some very interesting stuff, yeah, and and, yeah. <laughs> and and
1: citizens that want to have another state, you know, like yeah. Northern Colorado yeah. and Southern Colorado. Uh, Because you know, not. uh, uh, But this this guy's uh, got an excellent opportunity to win. So it means politically, Democrats are having to defend defend much more territory than they thought. You know, a year ago they figured, we're going to have six to eight really competitive races that we have to win. The Republicans have to win six of those. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now we have to win six of about a dozen. So that the competitive field has changed, because Scott Brown runs, he's he's mm-hmm. got potentially has a chance uh, if he runs even in a, a new state for him. Uh, but those are things that I think uh, we Republicans can still snatch defeat from the jaws of victory. But if we do uh, our our job, uh, I think we have an excellent chance of. Um, Of winning the Senate. Now I understand that from now to November is somewhat of a political eternity and lots can happen and lots can change but nothing's really going to change legislatively because there's not going to be another government shutdown, there's not going to be a default on the debt between now and the uh, election. Uh, Budget issues are pretty calm Mm -hmm. at this point in time. Uh, There are international issues of course going on that Are impacting certain things but I don't believe that um, uh, I I do expect us to take the Senate and and that would make all the difference in the world uh, for the next two years, the last two years of the Obama administration uh, to really be able to change the direction and then 2016, you know, uh, everybody thinks that uh, Hillary Clinton will be the Democratic nominee. I'm not so sure of that. I really expect when it's all said and done, there will be a competitive Democratic primary and a competitive Republican primary. And, uh, you know, my opinion on who that will be or should be changes about once every 48 well, hours.
0: The way the left is going after Chris Christie, that's, that's amazing to me. They can spend 24 hours a day on a bridge gate. But where were they with the one Benghazi was going on? I mean, well, I wish where they the, would have spent where, half the energy. Where
1: are the control rooms photos of <laughs> Benghazi? Yeah. Where's the I mean, president? Where's the where's right. the uh, the Secretary of State uh, Hillary Clinton at that point in time? Uh, it is, but this it is the nature of the beast. It is. It um, is. Christie had no room for error. What they did was stupid and inexcusable, but it's not at the level of oh, yeah, Benghazi I mean, or the IRS issues and and NSA. basically get a pass uh, on that. So, uh, you know, certainly uh, Chris Christie would be one to attract uh, independent voters, but uh, is he so damaged even now right. off of Bridgegate? Can he withstand and overcome that? Uh, who's going to be there? We hear Rand Paul. We hear... He's uh, won the straw poll, but like, again,
0: we could, when you talk about Rand Paul. Can,
1: can you got to worry Paul, could Rand Paul
0: or Ted Cruz win a general election? That's, that's no. the concern. No. I mean, the, the, they have pockets of, of yeah. supporters and, and, and very um, passionate but, supporters, yeah,
1: and I respect that. But again, I'd rather govern from the majority.
0: Yeah, it's a good point.
1: Then, then uh, be pure in the minority, and uh, so it may take somebody. Uh, look, I think Mike Huckabee is really. It's been doing really well lately. Um, I, I think Jeb Bush is going to run.
0: I do What about Rubio? I
1: like Rubio.
0: He would be good for the Hispanic he's, vote he's too. Great, great person. Sharp guy. Yeah.
1: Um, you know, I keep hearing Ben Carson's name mentioned, the uh, physician. Uh, so, uh, I would, I would say that uh, you probably won't see a Jeb Bush Marco Rubio ticket since they're both from Florida. Right. right. So geographically, that probably won't won't happen. Well, let's keep this in mind too. Rubio is a very young man by presidential standards. Oh yeah, he has got plenty of time. He could he could run <clears throat> nine years, ten years. Right. Away, you know, so it's.
0: What about not a Romney a comeback? <coughs> There's been a little not buzz. A Don't think that's going to happen. Not a chance. Yeah. No.
1: No. Been there, done that. Yeah. So I like. I, I'm a. I really like. He's um, a great guy. I got Romney to meet him when he was here. In super person. But we're we're talking about who. Would we go through that again? What would be different in that process? Um, I can only just think how great our country would be doing right now had he won. Oh, I, I put and, that out every day on and, the website, uh, and I wish he was there. And, and look, I say that in all great admiration and respect for Mitt Romney, who I'm a big fan of. Sure, I'm talking just purely political prognostication right, right. that I don't think that he will run again.
0: If the Republicans can win in 2016, and then I've got one more question after that, um, how long do you think it will take to fix what this president has done to this country? I mean, think about, and also all these cons- constitutional issues with these changes he's making with mm-hmm. the law. Since when is that okay?
1: Well, the um, a, as you know, uh, we recently, even uh, last week, passed uh, a handful, three or four bills dealing with uh, how should we say the imperial presidency. Uh, <laughs> nice. and there were things to rein in some of the regulatory abuses and things that have uh, that have been done. Uh, so, to answer your question, how long will it take if you had the House and the Senate and the White House? It's still very difficult because even a person coming in to head up an agency, EPA is not loaded with business people. Mm. It's loaded with environmentalists mm. that that have been brutal to, to business interests. Changing it at the top doesn't really change all the way through the core. So we we have to realize that we've been in it for the long haul. Uh, there are some things that could be done. There are, there's agency after agency. Uh, that, that many that could be eliminated, uh, that I believe we could start chipping away at some of those uh, smaller agencies that are non essential. Uh, and and I believe what you would see is a realization, like it or not, at some point we've got to realize that the Congress is just really fighting over about a third of the budget. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe 35, 38% of the budget, 38% probably. And um, unless you address mandatory and entitlement spending, doesn't matter what we do. So you have to just say, "Don't care what happens to me politically. we're going to have to solve this." And uh, look, Social security is the easiest one to fix. We just haven't had the will to do it. it's it's not that hard. You just adjust the age for retirement mm-hmm. and you in effect, you could, Easily solve it, and uh, and I think people that uh, certainly are capable of working uh, longer, uh, and and could do that. Some are, you know, my mom uh, quit working uh, when she was eighty six. Mm. Okay, so um, I'm not retiring because I've seen the list of stuff my wife has for me to do at home. So I, I will always work. Uh, so uh, those are those are things here. But look. People like Social Security, uh, but if we want to preserve it for future generations, my 22-year-old daughter said, Dad, I know Social Security's not going to be there for me. I can't mm. ever rely on that. So I wish they'd just let me keep half of the money I'd pay in, and I'll never
0: ask for Social right. Security. Right. I've been paying it for so, you.
1: <laughs> so that's something that, yeah. that, that's that's there. And, but I do believe to preserve it for future generations, we have to, um, we'll have to make some adjustments. And, and uh, what are those adjustments? I don't know, but we have to, to take care of it. At some point, Medicare will consume close to the entire budget on its projection at this point in time. And those are programs that people, we need. We, you know, we, we, it's a part of our society now. And, and I've got, you know, uh, everybody has elderly uh, parents or grandparents, and, and it's something that they rely on. But you can make it a lot better than what it is, and you can make it sustainable, uh, and and those are those are the big boy questions. That at some point you just have to say, uh, we're going to have to do it. And as we look at the overall budget issues, uh, look, we can no longer afford to pay healthy people not to work. Okay. <laughs> I mean, come on. Look, I, 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 we're a compassionate people, absolutely. And, and, and that happens. But if you let's say you are a, a, if you are a healthy adult without dependence, and you're going to receive a, a public uh, check, what, what's wrong with saying you're going to do public work in exchange for that check? Absolutely. And that you have to pass a drug scheme, the screen. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're working, you have to pass a drug screen. But you're not going to work, but you're receiving yeah. the benefit, what, what the and you don't have to pass one? No logic on what's, that. Un, what's unfair about that? Right. I mean, uh, so that's not a mean thing. That's a thing that our country is the greatest country in the history of the world, continues to be. We're still number one, despite what the naysayers uh, want to say. We just don't act like we're number one. Mm-hmm. So, what do we do to take this and give us the work ethic across the entire fabric of our society? and and realize that
0: we can do a lot better than what we're doing now good stuff okay last thing i wanted to touch on um military cuts scaring a lot of our men and women in in the armed forces i have a nephew who's who's in the u.s marines um he's actually a purple heart recipient he got hurt in afghanistan last year thank god he's he's physically able to recover from that um i'm a veteran my dad was a World war ii veteran um and the president's really done, done a number, as far as, as, as I know, um, on the budget with the mm-hmm. military. Yeah. Can you share some thoughts on, on what we need to do to turn that around?
1: You know, as, as you said, you know, we, we both have uh, family members that served our, our country um, mm-hmm. very um very successfully, you know. My my late father was a gunner on B seventeen in World War II. My brother, wow. thirty years as a B fifty two pilot, retired now Air Force. And you know, we can go back in our. I mean, I've got actually a copy of the pay stubs from National Archives of my great 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 however many times grandfather mm-hmm. for his service and out of the state of South Carolina in the American Revolution. And so, you know, we've got a long history. Uh, and I also, if you would come to my office in Washington D.C., on my coffee table is a signed copy of Sonny Montgomery's book, wow. uh, his autobiography. That's great. And so I, I don't, I, I take that mantle seriously uh, because our obligation—that uh, means we ought to have a, a, a better VA. That's got to. That big system. That, that's some. <coughs> the VAs are a mess. That uh, that some of them are doing well, some not so yep. well, and. The practice of taking somebody who's not doing a good job, instead of getting rid of them, sending them to another location and making that recipient's place worse, that happened here in Jackson when they sent somebody a few years back. Fortunately, uh, Joe Battle is trying to put it in the yeah. right direction here, we're we're pleased with uh, with his efforts. But it's a it's yeah. a it's a heavy lift. Uh, we uh, we cannot do what we need to do in the world if we don't take care of the military that means it's not just a matter of of pay and benefits it is a matter of making sure that we have the assets in place that we have the weapons programs there uh... that's why the sequestration was really a killer was bad and we've you know we've resolved that for the short term but we still have to to take care of that to make sure that we have the money to equip them and do what they need to do you can't look around the world and now with what's going on in russia and, and certainly China, Iran, North Korea, and we're going to scale back. That's, this is not the time to scale back.
0: But and, the president apologized to all those people.
1: Well, yeah. Well,
0: <laughs> anyway, no, no comment.
1: No comment. But, uh, but reset but, you know, Yeah, I do. You look at, um, and, and I do say this, I've had some really good meetings with uh, Ray Mavis, Secretary of, of the Navy, former governor of mm-hmm. uh, Mississippi. Uh, He's been very, very helpful on, on some stuff that we've tried to work on, and I and I know he understands this. While you decide, when you decide to ramp down, let's say uh, Huntington Ingalls, perfect example. If, if you slow down on projects and you have the valley where you don't have the work to do, you lose. If you lose, if that happens, and you hit the valley, you lose skilled workforce, and then when they decide to ramp back up. Your skilled workforce is gone they went somewhere else and you're not going to get them right. back. And then you've got a delay on getting, you have a skilled workforce that's, that's tops. In the and we build ships here yeah. in Mississippi mean it can down there. And it is, uh, Huntington Ingalls and Pascagoula. they do the best work yeah. in any shipyard in the country. Just wants
0: a beautiful submarine earlier um, last yeah, year.
1: Yeah, the USS Mississippi, yep. I was there for mm-hmm. the christening of that and what an yep. incredible ceremony. Beautiful. Uh, but... but I, I, I will give, say this. I think they realize, and I believe the Secretary of the Navy certainly realizes, that if you lose those skilled, almost artists, we mm-hmm. say, if you lose them, then you can't ramp back up on production overnight. In fact, it's years and yep. years. So I, I believe that as they try to move to fill in that valley to keep the force in place, uh, we're a safer country as a result.
0: Thank you, Congressman, for your
1: time. Hey, great to be with you, and hope we get to visit again in the future.